<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome back to probably a podcast. Listen, you guys, um, it's fucking cold. All right. It's snowing in Nashville and it's not just kind of snowing. It's like full on. I want to say we're up to eight to nine inches, which is just not Nashville behavior. Therefore, people in Nashville, they're running amok. Okay. When it is a snow day, we all immediately just get naked, run around Broadway and drink at eight in the morning. So basically if you've ever visited Nashville, I'm sure you guys did the same thing, but that's how a snow day is for us. And I thought to myself, do I want to work today? No, I wanted to paint my own nails, which I did. I did paint my own nails, which if you're watching this podcast, instead of listening, you're probably like, that's not good. And you would be correct. Uh, but I am doing that because this is what a finance podcast. Therefore we're painting our own nails and I just can't be fucked to go to the salon anymore. I'm just over it. So, um, yeah, anyways, very cold here tonight. It gets to negative two degrees, negative two degrees. And no, I'm not pretending to be European and talking in Celsius. It literally gets to be negative two, which is just genuinely so fucking cold. Uh, it has been really cute and really adorable to see the kids, the little bitty buys, uh, Lola Walker and Novi in the snow. Novi does not like the snow. She's under one. So she's like, no snow for me, please. Um, but Walker's adorable. Lola is so confused. Lola just keeps looking out of the window going, what happened? what happened what happened like oh from the mouth of babes it is just the cutest thing in the world so anyways uh I've got my beanie on I've got my scarf on and let's talk influencing okay y'all let's talk influencing because you guys have a lot of questions about it and I did an influencing 101 which I just thought was like fun and cool and then you guys were like there's more we want to know so I'm digging deep we've got an influencing 102 question I'm feeling honest. I'm feeling open. As you guys know, I thought about just chucking it all up and quitting. I would never do that. That's I'm totally being a pick me girl right now. I'm like, I'm going to quit. So you guys will be like, no, but like truly I was like, I need a motherfucking break. But I was like, that's weird because I just got off of a motherfucking break. So what do I need all these breaks for? Maybe I do just want to quit, but I don't, I'm back in the saddle. I'm ready to start. And I thought this would be fun for both of us because I laughed at some of y'all's questions. Some of y'all's questions. I was like, I got an answer for that. So let's dive in. I have them all written here because they are quite literally all questions from you guys. So Number one question I think I got asked was, so we'll just hit this one from the beginning because it seems like something I should start with. How do you get started in influencing, right? So um, here's the thing. As you guys know, and as you're aware, I was on a reality TV show. So that is such a springboard. If you really are thinking to yourself, hmm, I could go on The Bachelor. Hmm, I could go on Love Island. You know, th that's a great way to get involved. Okay, that's a great way to get involved and 
like spear rocket yourself, spear rocket. That's definitely not a fucking word. Um, rocket yourself to having a lot more followers, therefore possibly having the opportunity to become an influencer. But just because you have a bunch of followers doesn't always mean you can insta become an Instagram influencer. Okay. Instantly. So anyways, it's, it's a good way though. So I just need to put that out there. I cheated. You know what I mean? Like I was on a reality TV show. Thus I had a massive springboard to a bunch of followers, but someone I always bring up in this category when I talk about this is Anna Grace. Anna Grace did not go on a reality TV show. Okay. Anna Grace started as a blogger. A lot of people started as bloggers that are in the influencer world. And that is grind time USA. Okay. When you're starting from the beginning like that, I'm very impressed. And that just takes like a different beast and it's impressive. So, you know, that is a different kind of level. And to do that, I think you need to like, let's say like micro influencers, which I think the definition of a micro influencer is someone with under 15,000 followers, maybe, or under 20. I don't know what the uh, discrepancy is with followers, but basically as it sounds like a smaller influencer, those people are honestly making such good fucking money right now because brands are realizing that they would rather put money into micro influencers who have a very loyal following versus someone with a million followers who might not have as much of an engaged audience. So I think there's room for this. I think that people are like, is it too late? Is it, what did someone say? They worded it like this. They were like, is it too late? I feel like all the big people started four years ago or five years ago. And I was like, duh, like not to be mean, but like, of course you would think, don't, don't think I'm, I'm saying it in a nice way. Duh. Of course you see all the big people started four years ago because they've grown themselves for the past four years, like start now. And then maybe in four years, people will be saying that about you. Like I'm saying, duh, like you can do this. It is never too late to start. I think if you're passionate about something now, I also got a bunch of messages from people being like, Okay, not a bunch, but I got a few that were like, how do I start? I know I want to be an influencer, but I don't know what to talk about or what to say. I'm going to be completely honest. I'm going to be your, your truthful bestie right now. I don't think you should be an influencer. If you don't know what to say and you don't know what to talk about and you don't know what to do, then you don't want to be an influencer, actually. You just like want maybe the perks of it, which is also, I mean, I get that. That's fucking cool. So I see that. But like, if you don't have the passion behind what you want to speak on, if you don't have the passion behind storytelling, like I wrote down here, like find something niche that you're really good at, right? Like think of a niche passion and then talk about that. Alex Earl just came to fruition. What the last year, I think it was like last year she became huge or two years ago. And what is she doing? Right? Like she was a college student. Does she have a talent? Do I have a talent? No, but like she is so clearly gifted in storytelling. Like you're so enamored and enthralled with what she has to say. Her relatability was great because she just is messy and talking about it. Like that is just really Really, I think all she needed and that was her niche right and I think if you genuinely have a passion for storytelling or just letting people in on your life then that is something you should do you just have to be consistent with it so I know it's going to be like easy but when people are like how do I start you just have to and you have to be consistent with it but if you don't know what to talk about then you know don't quit your day job because maybe this isn't for you because you really got to be knowing what you want to talk about and what you want to do to be on the internet doing it okay um so I mean, you don't have to have a fucking five-year plan planned out, but I just mean you need to have some gist of like what you want to talk about, what you want to do. So, okay, let's see. How are partnerships packaged, deliverables, usage, et cetera? So let me take you from start to finish on um, how the process works for me. So I have an agency. I have a management agency, a management team, whatever you want to call them. I call them my agents. I call them my management, whatever, right? I got this one team and I have a separate team for my um, Instagram and TikTok and whatever social media ads. And then I am signed with the beautiful, cause I'm going to do a little bit of a double dipping here. We're going to talk about podcast and Instagram. Cause that is 
I feel like kind of influencing is podcast influencing. I don't know. Anyways, I'll talk about them both. So I have a separate team, which is my dear media team and they have their own outreach team who does all of my ad space and all that kind of stuff. I have their team, but let's just talk about Instagram right now. So they were, they are reaching out to these brands. People ask that a lot. Did you reach out to brands? Do you reach out to brands? Do the brands reach out to you? I actually don't do either. It's called outreach and my agency does it. My management does it. And then maybe they already have relationships with these companies. Maybe they have an influencer on their team who has already done an ad and they're like, oh, Shannon would be a good fit for this. So we're going to submit Shannon as an option. And then, you know, they hear back from the brand. Yes, she's a good fit. Yes, we're willing to work within her rates. Um, And then it starts and then they get deliverables. Deliverables are something that basically means what I have. So it's your brief. Okay. So it's what I get in the email. And maybe if you're not interested in it, this is, I try to make my um, podcast, you know, lighthearted and funny, but this seems very structured and a lot of information. So maybe it's not your jazz. Maybe this, but I'm just going to go down the list of questions. Okay. I swear I'll sprinkle some pizzazz in there, but for right now, I'll just explain the, the nitty gritty. So Like I said, deliverables are basically what the brand wants you to talk about with the product. So what your brief is going to be, you know, so I get, um, they usually put together, they're called decks. Um, they're called like slideshows, briefs, whatever you want to call them. And you slide through and they say like, these are the different products. This is what we want to talk about. And then they give you a bunch of information about the product. Now you also have said product, right? Like I have it here. So if I was talking about Mountain Valley spring water, I would have the product. Maybe I'm tasting it. Maybe I can speak on my own, you know, accord about how I feel about the product. But for the most part, they're like, this is what we really like you to say about the product written right here in black and white. They have mandatories. They have big, I don't know where down the line these people got in trouble with influencers and legally there have gotten so many more there they've gotten so much more strict on things like i remember for instance billy razor um i used to work with billy razor i really don't that much anymore i don't know why i don't know if i became an, a bad fit for them i don't know if they just pulled all their budget from influencers i don't know billy razor you could not say that they were the best razor on the market you could not say they had the smoothest shave of any razor you've ever used you couldn't use these adjectives i think they like got in trouble with the me I'm like with the law they got in trouble with the law but basically they did they got they must have had some sort of issue because they were like they would send it back for a reshoot they'd be like you cannot use this um you know verbiage you cannot say this that's against our guidelines reshoot and I would be like damn because one thing influencers don't ever want to fucking do is reshoot like when I get told I have to reshoot which I'll get to that because a lot of people are like do you have consequences if you do something wrong do this do that it's called a reshoot it's called a make good and yeah that is just like literally never fucking fun because you've just sent all this time effort energy into recording the whole ad and then they're like reshoot and you can't reshoot one part right because usually they tell you two days later you need to reshoot or later that day and you're like i'm don't look the same i'm not in the same outfit i'll just reshoot the whole fucking thing so um yeah they were weird about their superlatives so anyways you get this brief you can make your own you know adjectives up you can talk about it to and and you know what a lot of brands will say we want you to speak organically about why you love the product but here are some you know here's some information about said product. I usually have to really look into that. I normally just speak from my own experience with the product, unless it's something like a supplement or a skincare where they really want me to say verbiage and use like big words. I don't know a lot of big words. Okay. Um, just, I'm gonna just put it out there. Big words in me, not that many. And the only big words I know I am always using incorrectly. So, um, I tend to really stick to that brief. I'm like, what? 
what are these big words and what do they mean and what ingredient is this? And let me, let me be sure I get this correct. So I do utilize the brief for those things, but for the most part, like I said, you have the product. So you're able to, you know, see the product and use it and speak to your own truth about it. They give me the deliverables and then I shoot the content. Okay. I shoot the content, whether it's usually an ad. So an ad for an influencer, which you guys might catch on to this part, an ad for an influencer, it usually is, it's three to five slides, three to five, 15 second slides. Now, as you know, Instagram changed where they used to be 15 second long, and now they'll let you record for a minute. And that is this is going to be the most niche pet peeve ever. And y'all are going to be like, oh, you poor influencers. But I know influencers fucking hated that because now the brands will be like, we need you to separate all those clips into 15 second clips. And I'm like, sometimes I'll be like, no, I'll be honest with you guys. Sometimes I'll be like, no. And I also know that it's never an issue for me because one thing about me personally, Shannon Ford, I always over deliver. Like I am just not the girly that's going to give you three 15 second slides. That means I'd be talking about a product for 45 seconds that I can't, I can't do that. Like if I'm talking about a product and I'm being honest about it, like I got more to say, I got, I talk too long. I'm I'm long winded. Okay. And I'm sure the brands love it because they're getting more bang for their buck. But yeah, the second Instagram took away 15 second slides, I was like, wow, I'm giving these brands triple the content because I can't shut fuck up. All right. So lucky them, but then I give them the content and then they have to approve it. Okay. So let's say they don't approve it. Let's say Mountain Valley Water said, we love Shannon's content, but she said that, um, it was spring water and she was holding the sparkling water. That would be reshoot. Let's say they were like, we love Shannon's content. Quick, um, edit loved it. Keep it all the same. I don't have to reshoot, but she didn't flip her screen. They like when you can see the the right you can read mountain valley because selfie mode on your camera reverses the text so they'll be like perfect but can she please you know flip the camera and i'm like oh sure that's an easy fix perfect can we see this is what not all brands do this i don't know about any other influencers listening to this but not all brands personally make you show your overlays first but sometimes they do and i don't know why that's always so dominant to me i'm like let me just write it on there when i'm posting it you know i wish more brands this is what i wish more brands would let us do i wish more brands would let us post without approvals but I get it, right? I get that if you are working for a company, you're like, no, 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 let us see it first. And then we'll tell you when you can post it. Because a lot of these brands want your drafts is what you would call them. They want your drafts a week in advance, three days in advance, two weeks in advance, a day before. And with that being said, it's all pre-recorded, right? So it's pre-recorded and then you send it to them and they approve it. Again, I understand the concept behind that because they need to make sure you're not messing up, saying something wrong. They can't trust us. But every once in a while, I'll work with a brand that I've worked with so long for instance, studs earrings is one of them. Studs earrings does not require me to send in my slides for approval. And I love that about them because I can organically add that into my day. It feels more like a flow. I'm wearing the same outfit in the, you know, videos that I had on that day. It just feels organic. Influencers used to try really, really hard to make everything organic. And I think now we just all realize that the the population and the public, the general public understands that stuff is pre-recorded for approval. So there's been more transparency and honesty with influencers on that side of things. We don't all feel like we have to like rush and put on the same outfit or, Oh, we didn't have the same color nails. So now it looks like we're faking it. Like we're not faking it. Like ads just have to be pre-recorded because they have to get approved by the brands. So there's that. Um, all right, let's see. Do influencers think that the market is oversaturated and do I have a fear of the future? Um, okay. This was a very, very, very highly asked question. And it was essentially saying like, aren't you motherfucking scared? Aren't you scared your job's going to go away tomorrow? Here's what I have to say. If you're an influencer, if you follow influencers, right? You might think some of us are dumb bitches. All right. And I says to you, I says, 
Don't you know a bunch of other dumb bitches with day-to-day jobs? Yeah, we all out here got jobs. We're all, most of us, kind of, sort of, dumb, but we can still hold a nine-to-five. All right, so what would happen? People all the time, what would you do if Instagram... Some people are, like, genuinely wondering, by the way. I'm not trying to make fun of the question, but some people are, like, such doomsday. Like, Instagram will literally be gone, like, tomorrow. What would you do? I'm like, I would get another job, you guys. I am capable. You're like, what would you do with your mortgage? What would you do? I'm like, I don't know. I might have to downsize. If I was really fucked, if I was just, like, 50 shades of fucked, I would have to sell some shit. I don't know. Like, this is what what anyone would do if they lost their job. Like, when COVID happened, and people lost their jobs like what did they do like they either got a loan help got help from the government or unfortunately and very sadly had to downsize sell their house and get rid of some stuff like sad stuff happens all the time and if instagram ended i would just i'm i'm a people person most influencers you follow are pretty you know they're they've got some people skills they've got some some things going for them hundreds of thousands of people follow them they, they could probably figure it out they probably got something working shop workshopping in their brain you know what i mean i just don't that question is is very valid because it is not it does not seem like a forever kind of career and I would be lying if I didn't say every once in a while I'm like I'm gonna be slinging this these fucking products am I gonna be talking about taking seed supplements whenever I'm 65 are they so what am I doing it's what is Shannon doing at 65 dude and here's here's the answer I do not know I do not know because I do not have a regular job but a lot of people don't have regular jobs you know there's waitresses who don't want to be career waitresses that I'm an influencer. And I don't know if I want to be a career influencer. I don't know if I want to do this for the rest of my life, but I really do just like figure stuff out. And I know that stresses a lot of people out and people are like, how are you not so fearful of the future? Here's the thing. Everyone's different. And I don't think influencers are the kind of people who are fearful of the future. They kind of just like live their life day to day, um, different strokes for different folks. So I think people that take on my profession are very much live in the moment, do the now strike while the iron's hot. They're those kind of people, those kind of go-getters, maybe a lot of, um, entrepreneurs that are listening to this, maybe someone that owns a small business can relate. You know, if you're thinking of someone who has a boutique right now, are you like, are you going to sell those tank top and dresses for the rest of your life? Does this boutique last for the rest of your life? You might meet someone who's like, Hell no, I'm not going to have Princess Polly, Pink Petal, you know, Pop Your Pussy, whatever they call these boutiques. Hell no, I'm not going to have this when I'm 65. Or you might meet someone that's like, oh my God, yeah, the dream come true is that my daughter takes this boutique over, her her daughter takes this boutique over. I want this boutique to last forever and ever, amen. You know, like in life and in jobs, everyone has their different scope of things. So long story short, um, yeah, I'm not fearful of the future, but I'm very aware that the future doesn't necessarily feel like Instagram and social media will be here forever. So I'm gonna have to figure something else out, but we all are, you know what I'm saying? And I play the lottery every week because you can't win if you don't play, you know what I'm saying? If I can influence you guys to do anything, play the lottery. And if I did influence you to play the lottery this week and you win, give me a motherfucking cut. Where am I 10% at? Okay. Um, all right. So that's my, a lot of questions about that. Like, what would you do if an Instagram ended tomorrow? I would just get another job. And if it paid me way, way, way less then I would like literally have to figure it out. Cause that is life. My guy, when you are a 30 year old woman and you don't have a job, you would probably have to like figure some shit out. That would suck. And so I hope that does not happen to me, but I choose to view life positively and money is ever flowing to me. That's what I, that's my mantra. I always say this anytime I'm fucked or like I get a flat tire or I have to spend a lot of money on something. I go, money is ever flowing to me. Money is ever flowing to me. Money is ever flowing to me. Anytime I have to do something really annoying and expensive, I look at James. He looks at me. We're like, money is ever flowing to us. I don't know why we say it. We just say it. And I hope it is putting the goodwill into the world. So if you guys want to take that with you, I don't know, maybe you guys call it lucky girl syndrome. I don't know, but I just be, I'd be repeating that over and over. 
Okay, let's talk about brushing our teeth. Now, y'all know I am obsessed with my teeth, and y'all also know that I got a fat stack of veneers in this grill. So it is of the utmost importance that I really, 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 really take care of my dental hygiene seriously because I am susceptible, actually, it's kind of a bummer, to more issues with cleanliness because of the veneers. So other than that, I'm kind of just a freak about having clean teeth, fresh breath, and I want to use clean ingredients to do so because obviously toothpaste is going right into your mouth. So it's very much so being absorbed, okay? So here is where bite toothpaste comes in. Now, I'm not gonna lie, when I first saw this on someone's page, I was like, hold up, what are they doing? They took this little tablet, and they bit into it and chewed it a little, and then it creates this paste in your mouth, and then you start brushing. So naturally, I'm like, hmm, what is that gonna be like? But y'all know, I am the consumer. So I liked all the other stuff I heard about, so I was like, I'm gonna give this a whirl, because these tablets are sulfate-free, palm oil-free, and glycerin-free. And here's the thing, it did take, I ain't gonna lie to you, it did take a little bit to get used to it, but now I'm never going back, because it is just so much better for you, and obviously it reduces plastic waste in the process, since you don't have that big, annoying tube of toothpaste. Something that I did not know is that we actually swallow, and this like really kind of even freaked me out, we swallow five to seven percent of our toothpaste every time we brush, which means after like seven days, that is a whole blob of toothpaste that you basically just put in your mouth and swallowed, okay? And not a vibe. So after I brush with bite toothpaste, my teeth genuinely feel so clean, and know that I'm using a product with clean ingredients, which just makes me feel even better. Not to mention, they also make toothbrushes, mouthwash, deodorant, so you can stock up on all your clean products without harsh chemicals. So Bite is offering my listeners 20% off your first order. Just go to trybite.com slash probably or use code probably at checkout to claim this deal. That's T-R-Y-B-I-T-E dot com slash probably. All right, next question. Giveaways. Okay, this is was also asked a lot. And then I saw someone be like, what do you do when people tax you on the giveaways? I'm like, no way people are doing that. That is crazy. That's crazy. Um, okay. But giveaways. So if you follow anyone, if you follow influencers, and if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you guys are up to date on like the influencing world and influencers and a very popular thing to do is giveaways. Now, a lot of people call these engagement giveaways and not the, you know, ring on your finger engagement, but like you want engagement on Instagram. So let me make it very clear to you guys right now. When you're talking about getting paid from social media, Nobody really cares. Brands do not care about your followers anymore. They want to see your engagement. One, yes, because you can buy followers, but you can also delete your bots these days. I don't know. There's, there's a whole mess of conversation around that. But basically, anytime that I get asked by my brand, my management team, they'll be like, hey, can you give us an updated uh, look at your views? That means like I'm going to go to my insights on my Instagram because I'm a business account and I'm going to show them what my story views are. They want to see how many eyes I got on the prize. They want to see who's watching your story. They want to see, I do more story posts than feed posts and reels, which is like kind of my preferred method of posting. But like they would want to see your insights on your posts, on your reels, on your whatever. And so these days, it doesn't really matter that much about your followers. It matters who, how much follower to liking and view ratio you have. So something that people do on Instagram, and I think they're all pretty transparent about it. They say like, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for following me. I have a giveaway. It's usually either a cash prize, which is crazy to me. People just give away cash like that is cool. Um, you can win cash. You can win Gucci bags. You can win. I mean, I've seen people give away cars. I think the influencers did get in trouble for that for a while. Like all these influencers out here posting like this is not affiliated with Instagram in any way, shape or form. I'm like, okay. Um, so I don't know where down the line someone got in trouble there, but they are always giving those disclaimers. 
And there are a lot of girls, I follow a lot of people, I know a lot of people that I'm, I'm really good friends with that do something called an engagement giveaway. And that is where most of the time they're putting together um, boxes, PR boxes of stuff that they've gotten. We get sent so much PR, we get sent so many products that we have so much left over. And they are putting these things together and they are giving them away, right? So they're putting together giveaway boxes. And every week they say, just go like my last four photos, um, go comment or like or whatever. And that basically, ensures that if a brand looks at their, I'm assuming that their egos aren't high enough that they give a fuck if they have likes or comments on their pictures, but it ensures that their brand deals are seen. Okay. We want to go to this girl's page because look, she's got a million followers, but look at her page. She's got a lot of likes on her, on her pictures. She's got a lot of comments. People are very engaged engagement giveaway. People are very engaged in her content. Therefore that translates to sales. A brand side of things is going to be like, this translates to sales. So you know what? Maybe if you're getting involved in influencing, you could ask all your friends and family to go like and comment on all your pictures because it does help. Yes, it does. Like I more, mine is more matters on story views. And I don't really know how you could do an engagement giveaway to get people to look at your stories. I haven't really ever seen people do that, but I know for a fact that these girls are giving away like gift cards to places or whatever, because they want to, they're basically, I, there's, there's a way, there's a negative way to look at it. And there's a positive way. If you were, you know, glass half full, if you were a pessimist, I would think that you might say like, so they're paying for their views. So they're paying for their engagement. I don't, I mean, I guess realistically kind of, but at the end of the day, it's a smart business move because these girls are getting so many more followers and likes and comments that yes, it is, it is driving up most likely their rate. Now you're, cause your rate is based on your views. You would say my management team would tell someone she gets this amount of views and this amount of likes and comments. Therefore her rate is this it's higher. So, you know, these girls are making smart business moves. And then a lot of people ask, why don't I do giveaways? The simple answer is like, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm lazy. Like, I don't feel like it. Like I love you guys. And I've done, I've participated in giveaways before many years ago. And like, I get the allure. You get a lot of followers really quickly and you get like likes and comments. But at the end of the day, I think, and this is absolutely, I promise you, this is not me throwing any shade. I do just find that like, while I have a lot less followers than a lot of people, I really do like my loyal, loyal gang that's rocking with me. Um, and I don't think I would lose that by doing giveaways and having more followers and more engagement. I'd probably only just make more money. So maybe I should do it. I just, one, I think I'm too lazy to do it. And two, I just kind of, I know I'm kind of rocking with this like very organic feel. And one day if I hit a million followers, I will literally shake my titties so fucking hard in y'all's face. Like I'll invite a million of you on a yacht and we'll all shake our asses on a yacht. If I hit a million followers, I'll just be really proud and really excited. And I feel like it'll feel a little different than... I don't know if you hit it a different way with giveaways, maybe it would. And I don't mean that really in a, in a mean way at all. I genuinely understand the business side of things for people. Basically a lot of my friends do this. So I don't want to be offensive. Like I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to hurt their feelings or make them, they wouldn't, they'd be like, bitch, we're making more money than when you, we don't give a fuck. You're not hurting our feelings, baby girl. Um, but I see the, I see the business side of it. But for me personally, I just choose not to do it. It's different strokes for different folks. And that's just how I feel about it. Now don't ever count me out. If you see me doing a giveaway sometime soon, you know, just know, I'm doing it for that sauce, for that bag. Um, okay, so how do you stay relatable once you start making a lot of money? This is so funny. Let me let me give you guys a little bit of influencer tea. Let me let me spill the beans a little bit. Um, I know girls that that post about shopping at Walmart and shopping at um no I said Revolve shopping at Walmart shopping at Target and they're like that is all I do honey and their whole shtick I call it a shtick like they've really pigeonholed themselves right they say you know. That, that is their thing. I find you deals. I get you budget, honey. 
but you go to their house and there ain't nothing but restoration hardware in that house. They're, they got Chanel bags that they won't photograph because they know that will make them seem like liars. Like they are wearing their Gucci t-shirts. And here is the thing. I am queen, queen of things can exist at the same time. Two things can exist at the same time. I don't particularly like when influencers pretend that, honey, I don't need a Chanel bag. I got this bag from Walmart. I got this Amazon bag, but really they're hiding. This is a true story. This is a true story. Hiding Chanel bags like in their like fucking ovens or some shit, not really in their ovens, but like hiding their designer bags or being like, oh, don't post me with this. I, I gotta like, I can't be seen with this Chanel because then like my followers will know that I actually like fucking shit on Walmart bags and I love Chanel bags. I know girls that do that. I do. I do. So my thing is why pigeonhole yourself? Why not? Y'all, I used to have a no fucking money at all from the beginning. Y'all that follow me are rocking with me. Now, what do I say all the time? I've said it before. I'll say it again. I am your classic new money hoe. Okay. I didn't have money. So now I'm spinning it. I'm spinning it. Actually, this is a finance podcast now, so I've definitely cooled down on all that. Like I don't, I used to literally, you guys, you knew me, I would buy a designer bag that like, I wouldn't buy it if it didn't say like Fendi, 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 Fendi. And I would buy one every other week, which is like really maybe an illness that I had. <laughs> have I gotten over it? Yes. What did I do to do that? I don't know. I think I literally bought a house and was like, oh my God, I have no fucking money. And where is all my money sitting in my closet? Stupid fucking leather bags. These are so dumb. So um, I had to have a bit of a little minty B, cute little minty B to get over that. But this is not about me. It's about the people that I'm talking about that pigeonhole themselves. I'm like, you don't have to pigeonhole yourselves. My people have been rocking with me. They rock with me whenever they believe me. They believe that sometimes I do wear Amazon sweat sets and sometimes I will wear it with my Chanel bag. And that's okay. That's more relatable. People splurge on big ticket items that also shop at Target and wear Walmart clothes. Like that's a real life thing. People all the time like spend less money on their like sweatpants and more money on their bags. That's a normal thing. So just be honest about it. And I don't like when people aren't transparent about that. So um, how do people stay relatable once you start making more money? I think you just have to keep, keep it, keep on, keep it keep on keeping on, you know what I mean? Like keep it upfront and honest. There are definitely, I think I, maybe I personally have become a little less relatable and I get it. I, I, I get it. Like I get messages all the time. They're like, babe, we cannot afford that console table. And I'm like, okay, well you guys asked how much it was. That's another thing. You, you, you can, you can't win for losing. You can't lose for winning. How, what, how does that saying go? You can't win for losing. You can't, I don't know. You guys know what I'm talking about though. There are times where people are like, um, link, why don't you ever link, link this, link this, why don't you ever link it? And I link it and they're like, you think we can afford that? I'm like, ah, you asked. I don't know. I just linked it. So, um, I don't know. I think you got to just keep posting and I think my personality is relatable. I don't know if my purchases are always relatable, but I definitely still be, you know, doing relatable shit. I think you just need to be upfront and honest and that's how you stay relatable. Um, okay. Consequences from posting late or missing a point in an ad. Yes, this is definitely a thing. I kind of spoke about it earlier with, um, you know, reshoots. Like we hate a reshoot. We don't love a reshoot. Um, you called a reshoot in an Instagram ad. It's called a make good in podcasting. So in podcasting, um, I remember one time I didn't read the brief correctly and they had changed the code and the code had changed. I'd done the ad a hundred times. So they're like weeks in a row. And I just, I assumed it was the same code and it was actually a different code with a different discount. So I got a little ring ring up. They said, Hey bitch, you did that incorrectly. They did not say that. Dear media would never say that to me, but they were like, Hey, unfortunately you said the wrong discount code. So you're going to have to do a make good. And I was like, Oh no, what does that mean? Just kidding. I know what that meant. Cause I'm smart. Um, they said, you have to redo the ad. And the next time you redo the ad, you're not going to get paid for it. 
that's only in podcasting in Instagram. They would basically just say like, if I've messed up in Instagram, which I have done that before too, I've done the wrong code before they'll be like, Hey, you just did the wrong code. Can you either delete that slide and upload a new one? Or can you add another slide for free that says like, oops, wrong code. Usually I'll just go delete it and add another one. That doesn't really bother me. Um, but in podcasting and the podcasting world, if you do something wrong, a make good, it's just like, you have to give them another ad for free. Um, and sometimes I messed up one time really bad. I don't even, you know, we don't have to air out all my dirty laundry, but I really messed up one time and they were like, so unfortunately you have to give this brand like a month's worth of free ads. And I was like, right on it. Got it. Perfect. This is a perfect time for an ad break. Um, yeah. So anyways, the, uh, that, that's, that's definitely something that happens. Yeah. If you, if you mess up, you do have to make it better for the company, which makes sense because they're literally paying you to do a job. So if you do it wrong, you know, you gotta make up for that. Guys, y'all know one thing about me. I'm gonna be shopping. I'm gonna buy clothes. I'm gonna, I try so hard not to. I try so hard not to, but I love clothing. I love it, but that gets expensive. And as you guys know, this is a fine podcast. So Newly is a subscription clothing rental service that is all about helping you have fun and get creative with your style. Renting from Newly gets me into all of my wardrobe favorites because I love a trend. I love a trend, honey, but it makes it a lot less expensive. Okay. And I can overhaul whatever I want. Every month I rent six items from Newly. They have a shared closet of over 17,000 styles for everything I have going on. Like I'm in Aspen right now and I was able to rent stuff for Aspen. I don't always need these super warm, you know, really, really ski gear clothing. So it's nice to rent it because that stuff is expensive. You got dressy stuff for occasions, trendy going out clothes that I'll be over within like three weeks and just want to toss to the side. And then I'm like, what a waste of money. So I rent all this from Newly. They've got premium jeans, sweaters, outerwear, vacation fits, you name it. And I just love that I get to try on trending styles, colors, silhouettes, whatever you want, and then send them back for something new. And Newly takes care of everything from shipping to laundry. I can even pause without paying a fee if I need to take a break for any reason. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. So you really are only paying $98 a month. And here's what you get so much, right? You get a choice of any six styles each month. You choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you've got going on. It's totally up to you. It's access to thousands thousands of styles, more than 400 brands. They have so much stuff. They've got like some of my favorites for Love and Lemons, a Goldie, which is like such a good jean brand. They've got Selkie, Free People, Anthropology, literally anything you want. And they also have inclusive sizing, which I love. So they have up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. So if you are got a bun in the oven and you're like, I don't want to spend all this money on maternity clothes that I might not wear after nine months, then shop with Newly. okay? They have fast free shipping returns and professional cleaning and Newly's state-of-the-art laundry facility. So you don't have to worry about any laundry, which I love. And they also give you the option to buy what you love. So sometimes that's up to 75% off. Okay. Um, I love saving. I think it's fun. It's sustainable. It's a really, really nice way to reuse, uh, clothes and just be kinder on the planet. Okay. And newly is a great value. It's $98 a month for any six styles, but right now you can get $20 off your first month of newly. When you sign up with the code, probably 20, just go to N U U L Y.com. That's newly with two U's and in are probably 20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. Getting a house or a car loan without a typical salary. Let me tell you something right now. Everybody, everybody in the real world of finance and loans thinks I'm a stripper or a drug dealer. Straight up, straight up. Sometimes I wish I was, um, they don't understand our, our salaries because our salaries are all over the map. You could make a completely and totally different number one month than you made the month before, usually around Christmas and black Friday and all those sales, we make more money. So that looks like a discrepancy. Like it's not consistent. That was another question. How do you budget? You kind of can't like 
all of our ads are so different. Like some ads are like, okay, we pay you net 30. Some ads are like, we pay you net 30. Some ads are like, we'll pay you in two days. You really can't figure it out. I mean, you could, if you were really, really, really good at finances, you could sit down and be like, I did this, add this, add this. And I'm sure some, there are probably influencers listening, influencers listening to this that are like, bitch, that's what I do. You're just not smart. And they're probably better with their finances. James all the time is like, how do you know how much you're getting paid? I'm like, I don't know. It just goes into my account. He's like, that is so stressful. Um, so yeah, I, I, anytime. So when I just bought my car, I just bought a new car. I told them how much, how much I wanted to put down. They said, okay, sounds good. They came back. They were like, and I have great credit right now. I really do have good credit. They were like, so unfortunately, no, you have to put more down. You have to prove yourself. You have to, I have to show them how much is in my bank account. I have to show them pay stubs. And maybe most people with regular jobs have to do this too, but I don't think they do. Like, I'm pretty sure I have to do way, way, way more. And now I just tell people when I'm applying for stuff, like at the dealership, I was like, yo, I'm an influencer. So I know this looks like I'm a stripper or a drug dealer. What do I have to do? And he's like, this, should, you should be fine. You should be fine. Nowadays, it's a little bit easier. I remember three years ago, people were like, literally, what do we put as your occupation? We don't even know. Um, but yeah, nowadays it's a little bit easier, but it's still difficult um, for instance, he came back and when I just bought this car and I ended up having to put down, like it, it was, I wanted to put down like this number and it got tripled. Like the number I had to put down for my car was tripled. And I was like, that's not what I wanted to do. It made my car payment lower, but like that was not what I wanted to do, but I had no choice. He's like the bank this is what the bank said. And I'm like, okay, so you kind of just have to deal with it. Um, another really, really big question was healthcare. How do you have healthcare? Um, I actually got asked that question like 15 times. We don't, I mean, we're self-employed. So like anyone with a small business, um, or, you know, an entrepreneur, we do not have a company, but a lot of people thought this is smart. A lot of people were like, does your management offer you healthcare? If they do not, I'm sure people that work for my management company as you know, the agents, I'm sure they have healthcare through that company, but I, we do not as the creators and as the clients, we do not have healthcare through them. So, um, I don't, it's not, People are like, is it so expensive? I'm a healthy woman under 30. So I don't know if that matters, but it's about $250 a month. Um, yeah, US healthcare and I use US health. I use Zach Lauer. He's fantastic. If you guys want his email, I'll give it to him. It's great healthcare. Okay, ads on Instagram, like paid ads with a brand versus linking on like it to know it or Amazon, et cetera. People, a lot of questions, a lot of versions of this question. People were like, what's the difference? And then some people were like, we noticed that you've never really linked stuff that you're wearing around your house. You don't really make linked worksheets. What are they called? Um, they're called, uh, shit. I just gift guides, gift guides. You never really do that. I did do it this last year for Christmas, but I failed miserably at it. Honestly. Anyways, they, there was a lot of questions about that and they, they were like, why do you do one versus the other? Here's the thing. I get paid a flat rate, a flat rate. I have a rate that you know, it's right here. This is what my agents aim for every time. Every once in a while, it's a little bit lower. And I'm like, sometimes I just need the money. So I'm like, I'll take it. And then every, a, a lot of times they get higher than that. And I'm like, woohoo, yay, above my rate. But there's like a, there's like a line I won't go under for my rate, you know? Also, there was a lot of people, I'm, I'm trying to decide if I want, I don't think I want to talk numbers and talk shop. It's not really that kind of podcast. A lot of people are asked like, why don't you, why don't influencers talk about their income? Why don't influencers say how much they make and how much their rate is? And I just think like, like I said in the last Influencing 101, it's not beneficial for really anyone. Hold on, I'll get into all that in a second. Let me get back to this part though. Why I do a lot more just paid ads is because honestly, that to me is like, 
it, it takes a lot of exertion out of me. And then to think that I would also have to then link, then link. Like I link when I can. I link a lot of Revolve stuff because that's really easy. There's They have like a really easy ambassador program for me just to swipe up on the app and link. But these girls that are linking every outfit they wear every day, they're my, I call them my like it to know it girlies. These girlies who are popping their pussies on like it to know it, they're a different breed and they are fucking crushing it. And let me tell you right now, I will, I will say this. Look at me, look at me as you're watching this. These girls are making millions of dollars, millions, millions a year. These girls that are, so if you're interested in influencing, one thing you should be doing is getting on Like It To Know It. Why don't I do it? I guess I'm just lazy. I think about it all the time. I tell Taylor all the time. Every once in a while, I'll hear through the grapevine. I'll hear an influencer, someone, a girly pop, a like one of my Like It To Know It girly pops. I'll hear what they made in a year. And could it be fake? Could it? Because I never hear it from their own mouths. Actually, one time, one girl did straight up tell me how much she made a year. And I was like, oh my God. Oh, googly moogly. Holy shit. And... I always look at Taylor. I'm like, we have got to get better about linking stuff on like it to know. It. And she's like, we've got to get better about that. And then both of us are just lazy bitches and we forget. Um, it's not a preference. I'm not like when I see girls, cause I had some people be like, thank you for not linking everything you touch or wear. And I'm like, uh, no, that's actually not true because it can't be that annoying. Everyone asks for links for stuff anyway. So like I, it's easy to tap through if you don't want to watch it. Like I see girls who are like, this lamp is here. This pillow is here. This notebook is here. I, I linked on like it to know it. I linked everything that's in this room on one page. Cause like it to know it does make it really easy to navigate. I don't do it because I just don't have, I do have the time. I have nothing but time, but I guess it's just like not my style of influencing. I'm more like story time. I'm more like podcast. I'm more just do one ad for four slides and get my rate from my agent. These girls that are doing stuff with commissionable links on like it to know it and Amazon influencing and all that kind of stuff, they are raking in the motherfucking dough because all that shit adds up. It does. It does. So you know, the next time you're looking and thinking that is so fucking annoying, just know she is laughing all the way to the bank and she's making so much fucking money. All right. Millions. Some of these girls are making millions and they're literally just linking their fucking. Now, I don't know if too, if that comes with having more stuff. I like not having a ton of stuff and I wear like, I don't know, I guess I'd a lot of to link something on like it to know it and make a commission from it. It has to exist on the like it to know it website. For instance, Prada does not exist on a commissionable link. You cannot commission a, a, a Prada shirt, right? But a lot of these girls do go to Walmart, go to Target. They buy a bunch of like staples that they know the girlies will love. They try them on. They do try on hauls. Then they may or may not take it all back or they may just keep it. I don't know how that process works. I don't know personally what they do, but those girls are spending a lot of time, effort and energy into these try on hauls, but they're making bank from their commission from it. So that's another way I guess you could do it. I guess you could buy a bunch of stuff, try it on and then just take it back. Um, and you know, I don't know if people consider that not transparent or if they consider that helpful, I don't know, but they're making oogles and oogles and boggles of money from it. Um, Okay. Let's see. How do you plan for retirement or 401k, et cetera? Uh, personally, I just have a savings, you know, I have a savings that I put money into. Am I saving it for when I'm 65? No, because I dip into that motherfucker all the time. All right. That's not what you should do with your savings. You should stay out of it. What do I do? Oh, wow. Look at all this money I have in my savings. I should take some of that out and use it for this. Um, but guess what? I'm marrying someone who cares so much about retirement and so much about pension they call it a pension in the uk he's like what do you mean of course i have a pension i'm like we call that a 401k maybe we call it the same thing i don't know but all i gotta say is if you're not financially smart marry someone who is because boy that's off my plate that's great that's good to know he is preparing for our future because i am not as much uh no but i i'm sure 
I know for a fact someone that's super, super intelligent with her money and like cares so much about her future. And she has a different mindset on these things than me in, in a good way. Tia Booth, who's an influencer and she's great. She's always talking about like her 401k and her savings and her this. And I'm like, wow, what a, that is so smart. I do not do that. So I think a lot of influencers do, they, they have a 401k They you can have your own 401k. It doesn't have to be from a company. You know, I'm sure a lot of people are doing really smart things to plan for their retirement. And I know what you're thinking. You're out there thinking, oh my God, she always says she doesn't even have a plan for retirement. She's an idiot. Maybe I am. Maybe I am. My parents didn't plan for retirement. And guess what? They're in their 60s and they're still working. They're still working every day. Every day. And maybe they'll work till they're 80. I don't know. I didn't come from it. I didn't come from financially. Um, sorry, I don't think my parents are listening to this, but I didn't come from a household that really put importance on like saving for your future. My mom put importance on saving and, and putting money in the right places, but like they've never really stressed to us that we have to have like a retirement fund. They've never stressed to us that when you're 60, you retire, you better save all that for retirement. That's just not how I was raised in general. So a lot of people that are influencers have that mentality because they were raised by people who instilled that in them. And that was just never instilled in me. James, very much. He comes from a financial background. His parents are very, very intellectual with finances and they have like, like, you know, pounded that into his brain. And I'm actually really grateful because, you know, he's setting shit up for us in the future. I just, my parents growing up, we lived paycheck to paycheck and I don't think they still live paycheck to paycheck, probably because they're not affording their three small children anymore. But, you know, like I said, my parents are still working because not because they want to, but because they have to. So that's just a life that I might live one day. I don't know. I'm not like super scared. I don't I don't really picture myself being the person here. I am one to y'all are like, bitch, you just said you want to quit at 30. I don't know. I just feel like at 65, I'm going to be like my parents. and I'm going to be like, whatever. If I have to still work, I'll still work. It's fine. I don't need to just like kick back and watch Wheel of Fortune. I'm Gucci. So that's my thoughts on it. But I'm sure there are other influencers out there who are absolutely 100% preparing for the future. And that is probably the smart thing to do. Um, okay. How do I manage being on my phone for a living? Guys, it's hard. It's hard. I am, um, I am very recently finding myself. I'm feeling really negative about my screen time. I'm feeling really negative about how much time I spend on my phone because I am not Taylor. I love, this is why I love a best friend. Immediately. She came to my defense. She was like, you're on your phone. Cause you work from your phone. I'm like, Taylor, no, I am scrolling 24 seven. I just talked about it in this like last two podcasts ago. Like I am always on my phone. Like I need to get off of it. She's like, no, you're on it. Cause you're working. I'm like, bitch, I am not working. I'm on a rabbit hole about two girls on TikTok that are fighting that I've never met before in my life. And now one's pregnant and just had a gender reveal. I never, what, what am I doing? What am I doing here? What am I doing? Like I have got, people are like, how do you find the balance? How do you find the balance between working on your phone and not being on your phone 24 seven? I have not found it. And I'm getting to a point where I'm going to have to make or break some decisions here. I obviously can't delete the app. Like I can't delete the app. I have to have the app. It is my work, but, and I love talking to you guys. And that's like how I stay relatable and how I, I love storytelling on Instagram. I love my story. I love keeping you up to date with my day, but I, you know, I'm looking into certain apps that maybe help you just like kind of like take a moment away or, or make more steps, make it harder to, for you to get on Instagram because my finger is like muscle memory just on the app. So I do not have a positive answer right now for my work personal life balance. I can't separate the two. I'm genuinely like, I think I'm addicted to Instagram. I need to figure out how to get off of it. And I'm not addicted. Like I don't, 
No, I guess I am. Like I'm always on it. I'm always looking at it. So I need to figure that out. If you have any tips or tricks, let me know because I've really got a um ixnay on the scroll lay because it's getting absurd. And like, what about what a bunch of time wasted? You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to just be scrolling on an app like what? Because Instagram makes it now where you just scroll, scroll, scroll. They'll just suggest something else. Like you can't get to the end of your feed. There is no end in sight. And I just. I don't want to spend my whole life just scrolling on an app. So anyways, I'm trying to get better about that. My answer right now is I suck and my screen time is embarrassingly high. Um, okay. Do you complain about shit to get it for free? Oh, I thought this was a funny question. Basically, they're asking like, do you like get on your Instagram and like complain about something and tag a brand to hope they'll send it to you for free? Or like say like this broke or like, I wish I could get this. This was this was out of stock. Like, uh, yeah, I 100% do that. Like, for instance, when my Ramoa bag broke, did I know that I could just like email and do the proper steps that like everyone would do? Like email them, give a serial number or whatever. But I was also like, if I tag them, they might see this like bag got busted up and they did and they dm me and we're like we'll send you a new one and then i had a couple other luggage companies reach out to me like we saw you lost your you know luggage like i love base luggage they've never done me wrong I, there's an ad in this podcast i'm sure for base because i fucking love base luggage they reached out to me a couple other ones reached out to me they were like listen we're happy to send you some luggage you saw what happened and i was like i 100 did that on purpose and it worked out exactly to my plan that was fantastic um I've definitely posted before like, oh, I'm so sad. I can't get into this like restaurant. We wanted to get in so bad. Guess what? They're like, we'll find you a spot. But also you don't always have to sell yourself out like that. You can just DM them. I DM people all the time like, oh my God, I wanted to come so bad to your restaurant. There's no reservations. It's there anyway. Let me tell you the success rate. I would give it, I would give the success rate for reaching out to a restaurant for a reservation. I would give it a, a nine to 10% out of 100% success rate. But guess what? Those 10%, that 10% of times that it works, that people are like, oh my God, absolutely happy to have you in. We'll give you a great table. I'm like, whoa, it worked. Yeah, but like it does not always work. But one thing about me, I'm gonna shoot. I'm gonna shoot my shot. I'm gonna slide in those dams and I'm gonna shoot my shot, damn it. And it works sometimes and it doesn't work a lot of the times. You know, if you don't ask, you don't get. So let's see, same product, same day, influencers posting this annoys me. Here's the deal, guys. I get it. Me and Taylor talk about it all the time. I'll be like, I'm posting, you know, seed today, the supplement that we both take. She's like, me too. Yeah, we'll get online and we'll see three other girly pops that we follow posting it. And I don't, this to me feels, if you're a brand and you're listening to this, I don't get it. I think I know you guys like to have a set day that everyone posts and everyone sells the most. And then boom, you see a bunch of money come in and then sales come in and then you guys have all the product ready to ship out. But like, it doesn't, a lot of overlap happens with influencers. So it doesn't really make sense if you're making all of us post the same day. I just, I don't get it. It annoys us too, but we have no say in it. You know what I mean? It's not up to us. We have to post when they tell us to post, but I agree. I'm like, why are you making us all post at the same time? Oh, wow. We have a whole nother page of questions. Do I choose when I get to work and when I have time off? Um, yeah, for the most part, like on my birthday, I remember I messaged my agency and they were like, did these dates work for this post, this post, this post? And I was like, ooh, I really don't want to actually post an ad on my actual birthday. I'll post like my birthday weekend when we're out of town. I'm happy to post a couple things here and there. But birthday weekend, I don't really, birthday actual day, I don't want to post. And they're like, okay, cool. Like you can tell them don't want to post on this day. And for the most part, they're like very flexible. Like that's okay, you don't have to. Um, a question I also got asked was follow-ups. They said they've noticed influencers posting follow-ups and that didn't used to be a thing. Let me tell you, I'm going to give you some more influencer tea. I guarantee any influencer listening to this, it is the bane of their existence. I don't know what happened. I don't know when it happened. I don't know how it happened. All I know is that one day, 
a couple brands decided you're going to give us your three to four slides. Okay. Like you always going to give us for your rate. Then you're also two days later, you're going to give us one slide for a follow-up. And I don't know if all of our dumb bitch asses just said yes, or if they gave us maybe a little bit more money, like, Hey, we'll give you a couple hundred dollars more for this, or maybe for big people, a thousand dollars more for this. I don't know. I don't know what happened when this shift happened. I'm so angry about it. And you know what? Y'all are going to listen and be like, you're so privileged. You're so annoying. She's so obnoxious. Sure. Call me that if you want, but I don't know when this happened, but now every brand, I don't work with one brand that does not require a follow-up. It is so, I get it. I get why y'all are doing it. You're getting more, you know, you're reminding people they're called reminder frames. They're called follow-ups. I wish collectively as influencers, we would go on strike and we would say, we do not want to do these follow-ups anymore. We say no more follow-ups because I will do an ad. I'll post it. I'll be so happy about it. And then my agents will be like, don't forget about the follow-up. And I'll be like, fuck, I'm gone now. Fuck. This doesn't make sense. I don't want anytime you see me post, which it'll be every ad you've ever seen. I'm going to give you guys a little insight to my life. I don't know if I'm going to be in trouble for this. I'm being honest. If you ever see my, me posting and I'm like, just wanted to remind you guys, oh, I'm in my fridge. And I thought, just wanted to remind you guys about ButcherBox. Maybe it is organic. Maybe I am. A lot of the follow-ups don't require approval, which is nice, but like, damn, I don't want to do them. I don't want to do these reminder slides. Cause I'm like, gosh, I already gave you a whole like plethora of this whole ad. I gave you a whole ad. Why do I have to do a follow-up? But now every brand requires it because guess what? They know they can, they know that these influencers are doing everyone else's. So they have to do theirs. I'm again, I don't know when the shift happens, but the fuck the follow-ups, the follow-ups are so annoying. And I had someone say, do you ever submit your own questions and DMS like fake DMS or fake questions for a follow-up? Yep. Yep, absolutely. If I'm like, this makes no sense that I would be reminding someone about my 15% off code for Mountain Valley water. I'll do a little fucking little question. That's like, oh, do you have a code for Mountain Valley? I'm being very honest with you guys. I'll submit it myself. And I'll be like, funny, you should ask. Wanted to remind you guys, I have a 15% off code. That shit is tough. I hate a follow-up. Um, I wish we as influencers would just go on strike and say no more follow-ups. Um, if the person saw the ad to begin with, then they saw the ad. Okay. Um, anyways, all right. What's more lucrative podcasting or Instagram for me, Instagram. However, I did just run the numbers. I got my final like year interview from dear media. And I'm here to tell you guys, uh, thank y'all so much for listening to the podcast. Continue listening to the ads. Um, I so appreciate it because wow, mama's officially making money from the podcast in a way that I never really ever thought I would before. I told you guys before I was in the red, 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 red for the podcast. And now I'm like, finally climbing in the green. It's so nice. And it feels good. It makes me feel like, wow, all this hard work and all this time and effort and energy. I have to fucking talk. Look at me. No one's sitting beside me. I'm I'm at minute 49 and 53 seconds. I am just talking. Okay. It's hard sometimes. All right. I know. Boo hoo. How sad for you, but like it is. So, um, finally making money from podcasting, but I would say, um, if I were to put an actual number to it, I make triple what I make for my podcast. I make on Instagram. So that's just me personally. I mean, everyone's different who has a podcast on Instagram, but for me, three times the amount on Instagram, but podcasts were officially we're in the green baby. Someone asked, are you ever like, damn, I have to pay for new doors. I guess I'll do an ad. Uh, yeah, I do that all the time. I, I will, I'll shift my workload. When I was having like a burnout moment, I told my agency like, um, I don't really want to work with this brand anymore. I don't really want to work. I don't really want to do that. I want to have maybe less brand deals this month. I'm just, I'm really busy. I've got a lot going on. I don't really feel like it. I'm sure once my wedding comes up, I'll be like lower the brand deals. However, maybe I won't because there have been times too. Like when I got this house, when I got approved for the loan for the house, I remember reaching out to my agency being like, 
Load me up, motherfuckers. Like, load me up. I will talk about anything. Let me know. Like, yeah, I was like, I need more money. Like, I remember I started linking more stuff. I remember telling Taylor, like, I gotta like, I gotta link more stuff on like it. You know what? I gotta make this bread, honey. So yeah, definitely. Um, maybe that's not how other people operate, but I'll be like, oh shit, I really need to make more cash this month. And I'll reach out to my agents and be like, hey, load me up. If there's something a little bit below my rate, lay it on me. I'll still take it. I gotta, I gotta get some more money this way, this month. Um, do you ever get annoyed about the PR packages that you receive? Or are you always like, wow, this is amazing. I love this free stuff. Here's the thing. Like I, as forementioned, I don't do giveaways. So I know a lot of girls get rid of their PR products through their giveaways because they give them back. I personally did have to reach out to my management team. And I know you guys are gonna be rolling your eyes so hard. Like, bitch, you are so annoying. But I was getting PR packages that I can't even express to you. I didn't, I was getting like Dixie paper plates was sending me PR packages. That does sound actually pretty funny. And I'm sure you'd be like, that's funny. But I was just getting like a massive cardboard box. Like what a waste of the environment, first of all. And second of all, it would be like a massive PR box talking about their new paper plates. And I'm like, why did I receive this? Like, I was on so many lists for PR packages. It got to the point where it was a bit much and I had to reach out to my agency and be like, Hey, can you guys start emailing me first before you send the PR package or put me on a list? Because I love free shit. I do not want to seem ungrateful, but I need to like take it down a notch. I don't need all of these things and they just pile up. And then like you, you move, you move and you're like, why do I have a closet full of products that are expired? Cause I literally don't use them and they were just sent to me. So, um, I wouldn't call it annoying, but I do think I got to a point recently where I was like, okay, this is too much. It's enough. Um, so I've tried to, you know, trickle down the PR packages. Um, if your brand is you, then how do you decide what not to share boundaries, etc.? Um, that's tough. I've gotten better about that recently. Um, I've just decided that I don't have to share everything. If I don't want to share something, it's my right. I'm a human being. I am not, you know, I'm signed to an agency, but that's just for like ads. I, there's no one telling me I have to share anything. Am I an oversharer? Yes. I will tell you everything without you not wanting to know any of it. And I'll be like, that's crazy. I'm gonna tell you anyways. Okay. That's who I've always been my whole life. But I think it gets to a point where when you share so much, people feel like they have a right to know things. They have access to your whole life. Um, a lot of people are like, you're transparent about everything else. Why don't you talk about this? Why don't you talk about that? You have to tell us. And it's like, I actually don't like one thing about me as a living, breathing human being that's living in the United States of America. I don't have to do shit. I literally don't. I really don't. And um, a lot of people are like, well, you know, we buy stuff from you. We trust you. We buy your ads. That is fine. Whenever I'm talking about like ads and clothing and all these other things, take my word for it. That's I'm being honest about all this stuff. So I hope you guys do. But like in regards to some of my personal life, like I just like have gotten to the point where I realize that boundaries are important to me in my personal life with my personal friends and family, et cetera. So why would I not have a boundary with strangers on the internet? Why wouldn't I do that? And I think it was hard for me because I'm like, because they're not strangers to me. I love these people. Like I talk to them. A lot of you people, you people, I I've talked to you for years on end in DMS. And I, I love that. I love that relationship we have. But at the end of the day, like you have to create a boundary and a lot of people are like, will you show your kids one day? I'm sure that just seems like something I'd be excited to do. But also, I don't know, maybe I become a mom, shoot a baby out of my vagine. And I'm like, I don't want to show anyone what this baby looks like. And I want to protect it from the world. I might make that decision too. And it's, you know, yours right to make. I don't know. I just think, um, you gotta have a, you gotta have a boundary. You gotta have a point where you tell yourself, like, I'm not going to do that or this or that, but I'm also, I'm so up in the air about it. I'm like, Hmm, if I get like, I want to get like an eyelid surgery. I'm like, if I get that, I've been told over and over and over by a doctor, like no one will know, like James wouldn't know if you didn't tell him you were getting this done. Like he literally would not know. And I'm like, 
okay, but that feels dishonest. Like, why shouldn't, like, it, it's so up in the air with me. I'm like, actually, well, now y'all are going to be like, we're going to know if you got a bitch. But like people have, and I know girls that have gotten work done and then like they've pre-recorded stuff for their downtime, like their two weeks where they had stitches or something. They've like pre-recorded content to make it look like they're somewhere else. I'm not bashing those girls. I actually get it. Like if you don't want to talk about your surgery you're getting, you do not have to. But I just feel like that's not very on brand for me. And I also like... I, whenever I was looking at getting the surgery, I was so reliant on going on Instagram and finding girls who had highlights being like, let's talk about my eye surgery. I'm like, oh, thank God. She was honest about that because I don't know anyone that's not 65 getting this, but like I got hooded eyes. I don't know what is the deal. They're so hooded. You can't even believe how hooded they are. Like I want it sliced off. I want that bluff surgery. So I relied on that whenever I was doing research for it. So like, why can't I be that for someone else to like be transparent and open? So that to me, there are times where I agree with you guys. I'm like, how dare she not be transparent and honest with us? That's what she prides herself on. And I'm like, you're right. I got to tell y'all. But there are other times where I'm like, no, this is no one's business but my own. And I'm allowed to have that. And I have to hold on firm to that feeling and that belief because when it's in my gut that it's the right thing to share or keep private, then I just need to go with whichever direction my gut tells me. Okay. Uh, someone said, do you, do you have any friends that aren't influencers? Yeah, I got tons. I got tons that aren't influencers. And honestly, that's probably why I don't do giveaways. Cause I just give all my extra PR package shit to all my friends and family. Um, but you know what, like being friends with influencers, it just comes with the territory. I think if you were in finance, you're naturally going to like be friends with people that you work with, like in your building, you're going to be friends with people that you work with. If you were a teacher, you'd be friends with the other teachers. Influencers are friends with people in our space. You know, it's, a good thing to do. I love supporting other women. I love following other influencers. Um, I am the consumer as you guys know. So when people are like influencers are only friends with other influencers, I'm like, well, yeah, I mean that, that checks out. That makes sense. But I have plenty of friends who are not influencers as well. If someone was like, what are your thoughts on talking about politics or worldly events on social medias, tragedies, etc.? Okay. Here's how I feel about this. I have told myself and I've told the internet forever. No one forces me no one forces Shannon to say shit about shit. Now, what am I going to do, though? I'm always going to talk about it. <laughs> like I am. And I don't mean the subject at hand. I just mean I'm always talking. I'm always speaking my mind. But I have come to the conclusion and I've made a decision very early on in my influencing career that you guys come to me for lipstick shades and clothing and funny stories about my day and like fun antidotes about my relationship and, you know, podcasts. You did not ask me what my thoughts are on the Iowa caucus. You know what I mean? Like, Y'all didn't ask for my like thoughts on global warming. So if I don't feel passionate about a subject, I'm not speaking on it. And I have always, always, always stood by this rule. Now, if I feel passionate about something, I'm gonna talk about it. When we were talking about the horrible, horrible, horrific acts of um, Hamas and the Israeli people, I will always speak boldly, loudly, and truly about that because I feel like that is a no-brainer. That's a that's a sense of humanity. I feel horrible for the things that are happening in Palestine and Gaza. I really actually just say, fuck Hamas, okay? So that's how I feel about that. I will always speak very proudly and truly about that. And I will always stand with my Jewish friends. I love you very dearly. And if you're listening to this, I fucking love you. Um, so that I felt very passionate about to speak about. Okay. When Black Lives Matter was happening, I was like, let's absolutely talk on this. Let's speak on this because I feel good about this that's happening right now in the world. I'm, I'm a part of this. I want to be here in this movement. Yes. Um, when it comes to, and it's 2024 people, the election is coming up. I don't want to see one motherfucking single one of y'all being like, here, are you voting for? Why don't you talk more about who you're voting for? Are you a Republican? Or are you a Democrat? Guess what? I'm not telling y'all anything other than go vote because I don't think any influencer, any celebrity, any actress, any actor 
Everyone stop telling people who to vote for. Instead, tell people to go out and vote. Give people neutral and unbiased resources to decide who they want to vote for based on their politics and their and their who who they are genuinely interested in helping change the world. Everyone's going to have different beliefs. Everyone wants different things. A farmer is going to want something different than a CEO executive company is going to want, okay? And they are allowed to feel that way and vote accordingly. Who am I to tell you who to vote for? I'm going to tell you to vote, but I want you to do your research. I want you to think about what their policies are, what they stand up for, what they could change that you want changed, what what laws are important to you and how they feel and view those laws. Whatever candidate that might be, I just think everyone should go out and vote. We should use our right to vote. It is such a gift and such a privilege that we live in the United States of America and we can vote, that it is democracy, and I will never tell you who to vote for, and I actually find it really fucking annoying when celebrities do tell you who to vote for. Like, I guess everyone's allowed to support openly presidential candidates, but like, I just will always tell people, vote. I will never tell you who to vote for. I want you guys to do your own research and come to your own conclusion. Don't vote for who your mama's voting for just because she's your mama. Vote who you want to vote for, okay? Do your own research. It's important. It's our civic duty as Americans. Wow. This podcast ended very politically and not about influencing at all. That's how I feel about talking about politics on influencing um, on my on the Instagram. All right. I'm exhausted, guys. Wow. Being a podcaster and influencer is crazy. Should I quit? No, I'm kidding. I'll never quit. Um, I love you guys so much. That was uh, Influencing 102, a bit more of an advanced course. If you guys want to know more. Oh, a lot of people did ask my salary. I, I thought about it and I decided I'm not telling y'all because guess what? It changes literally every year. And I think I said that in the last episode of this, like, my salary has never one time been the same in the past five years. Like we've always gone up, but sometimes actually no two years ago I was down a little bit or maybe I stayed the same anyways it's just you know I make good money and that is great and I'm an influencer and a lot of people are like why don't influencers say it I don't know I guess we just feel like it's per it's a personal question I don't I don't know if I asked my friend who was a teacher how much she made I bet she'd be like well um I'll tell you but why do you want to know like it just feels like ooh, like it just feels like someone just like pants you in public you're like ooh, why do you want to know my personal amount of money I make um Maybe that's why people don't tell you. Uh, that's why I'm not telling you. I just feel like it's like, I, I, told, I told myself, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just gonna tell everyone I, what my tax return was last year. And then I was like, no, I'm not doing that. That is so weird. And I'm also not doing that. So anyways, love you guys. Bye.